Hi everyone, welcome to HubShots episode 263. In this episode, we talk about inbound announcements that matter and sending internal notifications to your reps and to your teams. You're listening to Asia Pacific's number one HubSpot focused podcast where we discuss HubSpot tips, tricks and strategies for growing your sales, service, marketing and operations results. My name is Ian Jacob from Search and Be Found and with me is Craig Belly from Zen Systems. How are you, Craig? I'm really well, Ian. And you know what? That introduction, because the title is so long, there's just so many other good things that we're going to cover in this episode and you don't get a sense of it just from the title. So folks, this is another reason why you need to sign up for the show notes because at the top of the show notes, you get a little bullet point of all the things that we're going to cover, including stuff of like a terrible sales process that I've just been uh, suffering through recently with a product that I really love, by the way, but uh, really let down by terrible sales process, plus knowledge bases and new widget there. We've got a tip there, how to use that. Also, we're going to talk about optimizing channels versus optimizing ads within a channel. So there's so many things to go through, but uh, we're going to start with inbound, aren't we, Ian? That's right. So did you actually go to inbound, Craig? I didn't actually. I think probably as I alluded to last episode, I'm just over the whole online events thing. However, there were some special moments and you actually called me last week and said, have you seen the keynote with Brian and Yamini at the end? And I was like, no, I haven't. And I said, oh, and you said, you must go and watch this spotlight, especially the end. You told me about it. And I watched it and I was like, oh my goodness, that was really special. So we've linked to it in shot one and it's a conversation with uh, Brian and Yamini being asked questions and the one at the end about they've been through personal hardships and difficult situations is quite, what's the word, Ian? It's touching, it's moving, it it's, it's real. That's right, it's real. When I watched it, that was one thing that really stood out to me. You could tell it was heartfelt, it wasn't made up and yeah, it was, it was special. So I'd encourage people to watch it. Like you've said in the show notes, Craig, we can feel confident that HubSpot is in safe hands. Now, talking some of those, the goodness that's come out of inbound 2021 is HubSpot payments. Well, this was the big announcement. And by the way, didn't the market react to that? If you look at the share price, HubSpot's right. share price shot up. I think it was based, up 11% on that day. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Based on this announcement of HubSpot payments. And rightly so in some ways, because this is a really useful feature that they're rolling out. Unfortunately, it's only in the US in beta at the moment. And I've been given guidance here locally in Australia. We won't be getting it till early 2022 at best, so months away. And I've got a number of scenarios, not only for myself with some of my personal sites, but also for our clients. I would love to use this. I think it's so good. It's going to take so much friction out of payments. And listeners, just to let you know what it is in case you haven't seen the announcements, it's a very simple way to take payments. It's all powered by Stripe behind the scenes, but you essentially, you can have a landing page, any page that you're building in HubSpot, and you can just embed this little payments widget. It's a checkout, takes uh, credit card details and paid, and then redirect them to a thank you page. It's really nice, uh, a simple kind of checkout process. I, I so want this. I think it's so so useful. And you know some of the projects I've been looking at recently, Ian, and the frustration I've had with some of the tools out there. That's right. Trying to get a simple checkout piece in place because we didn't want to go the whole Shopify piece and all of that. It's been quite frustrating. This is exactly what I want. 
So I'm very much looking forward to this and bring it on <laughs> as early as possible. That's right. And then there's actually a lot of other things. Uh, one that we'd probably highlight in terms of the product roadmaps is the multi-step forms in marketing. And we love that. So That's coming. Yeah, it's coming, it's not, yes. It's not actually announced yet, but what they did announce is refreshed roadmaps. And I love going through these slides and looking for the little things. And yeah, multi-step forms. I can't wait for that. But it's going to be a conversion improver for sure for so many of our forms that's right and there's so many so many things that keep changing and updating and and it's well worth listening to the keynote because the what looks like i think product managers talk about all the product updates that are happening and what's happening across the different hubs and i mean i had a question today when i was on a demonstration it's like how do these hubs work and are they separate products right and so somebody asked us that, and we were like, no, it's, it's got the same data set. The different hubs have different functions, and you buy it as you need it. And that's really the key part to this. It's uh, well thought out rather than cobbled together, as we would say. Absolutely. Seamless experience. I, I essentially say to people, oh, yeah, new hubs, new menu. So just imagine another menu within HubSpot gets enabled. I mean, it's not that simple, of course, but... It kind of gives them the sense, yeah, same product. You're not jumping around off to something else, unfamiliar. Ah, oh, it looks totally different. What's going on here? Yeah, seamless. My experience of something similar, Craig, where the, it was supposed to be an all-in-one product was, oh, you got to click a button to sync the data through to your marketing or your CRM. And I thought, well, that's not very, that's not very nice. But anyway, that's what you don't have to worry about with HubSpot. Now, going on to that, some quick shots of the week. Here are a few we've noticed. The first one, we've talked about ad sequencing before, and now this is live across marketing. Marketing professional, right? Demonstrating this to a customer, because they'd already synced across lists into the systems, they actually didn't have enough lists to create to do the ad sequencing. So they had to clean up some lists. So just be aware of that if you're going to use that. And then the second one is now you can quickly copy permissions to new users. And it's something I discovered in a menu today. And I thought, how fantastic. Once you've actually, especially if you don't have an enterprise, if you're going to copy, if you've got professional and you want to copy someone with the same user permissions, this is such a great way to do it. Because once you select that, you actually select the person you want to copy and you say copy permissions to new users and then just put the person's email and away you go. Fantastic. Saving time as always, Craig. All right, on to HubSpot Marketing Feature of the Week. And this is about using HubSpot Analytics Views to filter traffic analytics reports. Yeah, this is really handy. I'm not sure if a lot of people know about this because we don't see it used much, but it's really handy. You create views. You, do, you create them in settings, by the way. So you might think, oh, where do I create these views? You go into settings. And I, by the way, in the show notes, we have a whole video where I just quickly walk you through setting up one in, in our portal so you get a sense of it. We've also got some screenshots but you can create views or filters based on countries or domain properties, whether subdomain, brand domain, top-level domain. This is really handy for companies. For example, in Australia, we often want to say, I only want to see Australian traffic. So you just create an Australian-only view, and I've got a screenshot of that. Very simple to create, AU traffic. And what that means is then, once you've created this, by the way, it works from then on. It doesn't work retrospectively across data, unfortunately. From then on, so set it, and then come back a month later, and you can um, see, say, the past month's worth. But then in the traffic analytics reports, just up the top, you can choose the view and then filter down to whatever the view is. So you might have created the AU traffic report, 
you filter it down. It not only filters down the graphs, but all the data below, such as the sources and contacts and customers, when they're just filtered down to that view. So it's very handy, especially for country-specific websites where they might get a lot of overseas traffic. So, so for example, in, in our own HubSpot portal, we actually get a lot of US and European traffic, but Australian traffic is probably the one we're most focused on in terms of contacts and customers. We do have some global customers, of course, but it's mainly Australian. And if you're a local business, maybe you only work with local Australian businesses or you know your country, so then it's really helpful. So check it out, check out the video, check out the screenshots, let us know if you've got any questions. All right, onto our HubSpot sales feature of the week. And here's something that people will often ask us about is how do we notify staff every time a new blog post gets published? And the perfect way to do this is to use the marketing tools so you can empower your sales team and know what's going on. And how do we do this? In essence, the short version is create an RSS email with instant notifications and sign up the sales team or people in your business to be on that notification. The first thing you need to do is make sure you've actually got your email set up. So that's the blog slash RSS email. Once you've done that and you've formatted it correctly, and Craig, we were doing this together in one of our portals and it had the old style template and you can really easily in a seamless manner migrate to the new drag and drop. Gives you the option to do that. So I would encourage people if you haven't done it, go and do that. Once you've actually created the email and you've saved it for your blog RSS automation, the next thing you want to do is actually make sure that the right people are on that. So what you need to do is go and select the property in their contact information. And if it's your blog, you'll probably have it. It'll probably say blog email subscription. You want to update that value to say to instant, which means that when that post gets published, they'll get notified. It could seem laborious that if you want to go and do this for every single person, click into their contact, then click properties, then go to view more properties, then go and find the property. I'll let you skip all of that. Go to the contact screen, find the people. So if it's your company, just search the company domain. You'll see all the list of people show up. Select the people you want to include on this update. Select them, click edit property find the property and update them all in once. All right. Onto HubSpot Social feature of the week, Craig. So Service Hub, have you seen this new widget called the Knowledge Based Most Search Terms widget? I didn't until you showed it to me. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's been there for a while or I just haven't noticed it, but it's a nice little widget. So when you go in and check your Knowledge Based articles, there's a listing of articles. But then right at the bottom, you scroll down, there's this Most Searched Terms widget. It'll tell you the terms people have been searching also, and the number of searches, but also whether they found results. So why this is useful is you can see, okay, first of all, what they search for, because that's useful information anyway, but then whether they actually found a result for it. And here's the quick tip. If there's a no or a false next to them actually getting any results, well, if there's enough searches for it, there's a great tip for an article that you should write next, assuming it's actually valid. So you can look at the search term. So, for example, we actually on one of our knowledge bases had a thing that said, oh, how to do a certain process. I won't say what it is, but there was no result for it. And so it'd been a few searches. We're like, oh, okay, well, let's just create a knowledge base article for that. Thanks. So there's a really quick tip for content ideas. 
Don't worry about doing tons of keyword research and then search volume and all that. Just check what people come to your knowledge base and search for first. Do that first, satisfy that. And of course, an overall larger content strategy follows. There you go. Quick tip, knowledge base. And there was another new widget, Craig. That was the one you're talking about where people searched and they didn't find anything, right? Correct. Yeah. So they've actually separated those widgets out, which is fantastic, which gives you a whole idea of what you need to address. All right. On to our HubSpot workflow action of the week. Well, further to our discussion on internal notifications. And this is a really good one. It's a send in-app notification. And you might want to do this in terms of, so there's kind of like two in-app notifications, right, Craig? There's the one that's the in-app when you're in your browser, you see the little bell. And there's also an in-app, which is the mobile app notification as well. And people might want to do this is because you get, uh, especially sales I know can get inundated with notifications in their email. And so this is a good way for the less priority things that they need to be notified about to get the in-app notification. All right. A few comments on this. Very easy to set up. We've got it in the show notes. I'll walk you through it. But the first thing is in-app, you get the, as you said, you get the option to send an in-app alert, which means an in-browser. So it turns up in that bell up in the top right. Or mobile push, which means it turns up as a notification on your mobile, not actually within the HubSpot app, but on your mobile overall notifications screen. Then if you click on that, it takes you to the HubSpot app. But this is a good example of confusing terminology, in-app alert. That actually means in-browser alert on your desktop. It actually means desktop alert for within the browser. And mobile push actually means mobile notifications. Then open your app. So it's just confusing because whenever I think of app, I think, oh, app on my phone. I don't think, oh, the HubSpot portal in my desktop browser. But anyway, there you go. So in the show notes, have actually explained what those two mean, but just be aware they're confusing. The other thing is, I would prefer it if this action, instead of choosing between them, you could tick them and you can choose both if you wanted. I suspect it's different because each of them has different character limits in the message, but still I'd, I'd, I'd love to be able to choose both at once. So if you want both listeners, you're going to have to set this action twice in the workflow, one for an in-app and then one for the mobile push alert. All right, on to our marketing tip of the week, Craig. And this is an experience that you've just had about a terrible sales process. Yeah, I'll, I'll explain this one. This actually happened with Teamwork, which as regular listeners would know, we, we use and love as a project management tool in our agency. It's very popular. I know you use it, Ian. A lot of um, agencies use it. And why I'm highlighting this in Marketing Tip of the Week is because marketing should have solved this problem. I'll tell you the context. Uh, I got an email from them about notifications of you know new pro- new features. They got a new feature called profitability reporting. Great, I'd love to use that. Oh, I wonder how much you know. Does my current plan have it? Okay, go to the website. Oh no, it's not because it's not in the plan. Oh, it's in a different plan. Oh, I wonder how much that is. Oh no, the dreaded contact us for pricing button, which you know is never a good sign. Uh, so I click that. And then, by the way, this is by the we're a long-time customer here, so I, I don't really want to have to go to the website to get pricing. You know, the email could have told me because it knows maybe they don't have their segmentation worked out. I don't know. This company got a ton of uh, funding recently. I would have thought they had better marketing, which is my whole point, marketing tip. Anyway, it gets worse because then I go into that dreaded sales process. It creates a support ticket, okay? So that contact us creates a support ticket. 
Then I get the support quest asking about my requirements, even though I'd actually put that in the form when I'd submitted it. And so I reply straight away. Oh, by the way, I've got a screenshot from my emails so you can see the sequence. Next email I get from them two days later. And what do they do? They introduce me to my account manager right? <laughs> and suggest that I book in for a call with my account manager. I'm like, at this point, I'm just, is this a joke? So then I go, no, nah, I don't want to meet with you for goodness sake. I just want the price, damn it. To their credit, he then replies and gives me the price which by the way is 55 bucks USD per user. Yeah, It's quite a jump from their $18 per user plan, which I think I was on. That's all I wanted. Okay. So it's not a fit for me at the moment, the pricing. Uh, it will be in the future. That pricing is not out of the question because there's functionality. So the price is not the problem. The experience is the problem because not only did I have to wait and you know, that's frustrating enough. It's at least four days or five days once. I think it took a day for them initially to require with the support request. Just a debacle, really. But then it's wasted time with me backwards and forwards emails. It's wasted two of their people's time backwards and forwards. And then three, I'm actually really frustrated. Like, you know me, Ian, I fly off the handle sometimes over the smallest things. This kind of thing just really annoys me. I'm just like, oh, man, I'm going to ditch this product, even though we've used it for 10 years or something. (laughs) Right? I'm just going crazy. And I'm just like, why? Marketing should have just solved this. Someone has decided not to put that pricing on on the page, or perhaps it's variable based on features or something. I don't care really what the reason is. It's just a terrible experience. Okay, compare that to HubSpot. For any of our client portals or our own portal, I can go to the pricing page and notice who I am. It'll tell me the pricing, where I am now, whether I can upgrade, downgrade. No sales malarkey. No, I'll book in a a call with you. Just none of that rubbish. Just here's the price so I can work it out. And plus, they can tell I've visited the page. They should be able to have metrics to work out, well, did I come back a number of times or how long did I spend? Because then they can reach out to me or they can tell my account manager. You know, that's a piece of intel for the next catch-up kind of thing. But no, so it just shows you teamwork, wonderful product, love the product, hate the sales process, and they should do better because I think they're really big now and they should have really good marketing. I don't understand why it's so terrible. The other thing though, Ian, the teamwork experience is the norm. Mm. That is still the norm. Yes. Whereas the HubSpot experience is rare. So the takeaway from this little rant that I've been on, listeners, is if you can reduce that friction, if you can follow the HubSpot experience as much as possible, then you're on the right path because this is going to be the future. No one's going to put up with this ridiculous contact us for pricing thing in the future. It's, it's dying. Get ahead of the game and just be really clear. And just because I was so frustrated with I've put a YouTube clip there. It's a very famous gem from probably 10 years, 20 years ago of a guy completely smashing his computer in frustration. That's how I felt with my interaction with teamwork. So there you go. I'll get off. Uh, I'll, I'll just finish the rant there, Ian. Now, Craig, you know what's really interesting is on this plan that they wanted you to contact you on, they had the contact us button. It mentions it's a no obligation. So I didn't know that there was any obligation contacting. But anyway, I just thought someone totally missed the point with that. And really in the description, it looks like a very fixed set of features. You know what you're going to get, right? So the variability, if it's going to be obviously discount based on the number of license pricing, they should actually just say that there and starts at blah and goes down. That would be, give, a, give you a much better idea because then you'll be able to work out, okay, well, not now, but maybe later. 
instead of like wasting so much of time. All right, on to our insight of the week, Craig. And we were talking about this, about optimizing channels versus optimizing ads and came out of a discussion I had with a customer of ours about optimizing their Google ads and then understanding about if you've got HubSpot in place, how do you use the data you have in HubSpot to better optimize those ads? Let's say you're doing a great job already optimizing the ad account but how do we take it to the next level? And so this is the interesting discussion we started and we thought we'd share that with you, our listeners. So want to take it away? I think it's useful because it's about avoiding some traps that people fall into. The first thing you need to do is understand what your typical sales lifecycle timeframe is. So the, the comment, I'll just give you the common example. Let's say it's a B2B sale. It takes three months or six months, you know, it can be longer from first contact to a first sale with them. So let's say it takes three months. What do you do after you've tested a new channel for one month? You can't possibly work out whether that channel is working or not. Either way, because if you aren't getting results yet, then you might fall in the trap of dismissing it early. But you might fall into the other trap of if you are getting results, you're getting lead submissions, form submissions, you might think, oh, great, this is working well. But actually, it turns out down the track, none of them convert into customers. But it takes you three months at least before you've actually got an indication of that. So to go back to your original framing of this, yeah, the first month, you're probably going to spend optimizing the ads. So you're getting good click prices or good traffic prices through to your site. After that, you're working on optimizing the landing page or whatever it is to get conversions. But then you've got to waste wait rather at least till the normal sales cycle to work out whether they're converting into customers from leads any earlier than that. And you haven't really got accurate or enough data to analyze the effectiveness of the channel. So that's the difference. First, first month, you're optimizing the ads, but you you realize you're not optimizing the channel yet. You don't know if this channel is working. You just know where the ads are working. It's not until later. So I hope that's clear. Now, the reason we would stress this, because you might think, well, that's kind of obvious. If it takes three months to get a customer, then I wouldn't dismiss it in three months. Well, you'd be surprised how many people do. Or the other trap is to call too early that it's a great success. Oh, we're getting tons of leads. This channel's fantastic. None of them turn into customers. It's not fantastic. It's actually a costly aberration. All right, on to our HubSpot, HubShot's throwback of the week, Craig. And believe it, a year ago, HubSpot was introducing the Today View on the mobile app, calling it a new home for sales reps. And I still wonder whether sales reps are using it, but it's there and it's become much better. They're even putting forecasting in now. So we just see things moving in leaps and bounds. Remember when the HubSpot app was all marketing based? Yes. Now it's just all sales-based. Sales-based. <laughs> Correct. All right. And we've got a resource of the week, Facebook Marketing Summit 2021, which just happened in Australia. And there's a whole resource for you guys. So you can watch that on demand. And it's just on a page. And oh, wow. I haven't checked this out. I'll have to check that out. I started checking it out and I haven't finished it, but I thought it was a good resource because they actually say they explore major shifts and trends defining industry and shaping the future of business and marketing. And they have sessions with valuable insights from industry experts to help strategize and build for the future. Mm, I'll check that out. Interesting. See, it was recorded on 5th of October, just before the whistleblower. 
thing came out about the harm Facebook's causing. So that's right. I'll be interesting to see what they were saying just before that broke. And finally, our quote of the week, Craig, from Brian Halligan. You can't outspend the giants, but you can outthink, outteach, and outhelp them. Well, listeners, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you haven't subscribed to our show notes, you need to go to hubshots.com and subscribe. There is also something new that Craig and myself have started. It's called HubSpot Coaching. And if you're interested in that, please put your name on the wait list and we will be in contact with you. You know, I've got to say, I've been surprised because we've got a few clients on this now and it's working really well and people really like it. So it's actually a wait list, folks, because getting time with Ian and myself for a weekly session, uh, we've only got limited spots. So yeah, get on the wait list and as a, a slot opens up, we'll be able to chat with you. But I'm really surprised and I, I know this sounds like us talking up about how good we think it is, but I was surprised at just how much we're covering in those hourly sessions each week with clients and how many things we're solving. And I love the fact that on these, you're off fixing one thing while I'm still chatting about a new problem with the client or, you know, you can have you can have your teams on the call, not just one-to-one, but you can have your whole team on the call and we're going through things and the amount of things we covered and just got fixed or unblocked, I thought was, I, I was really pleased with it. So it's working really well. And listeners, not only do we enjoy helping others, but Craig and me love working with each other and working with our, with our customers. So it's a, it's a really a great way to accelerate your experience with HubSpot. Now, ideally, you want to be using HubSpot, any professional product or enterprise product to make this work really well for you. And that's where we're seeing the best results. So I encourage you to check it out at hubshots.com. Well, Craig, until next time. Catch you later, Ian. Hey there, thanks for listening to this episode of HubShots. To get the latest show notes, HubSpot tips and resources, sign up at hubshots.com. You can also book time with us to help you grow better with HubSpot. 